Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Unscrewed, the show that knows that real liberation includes sexual liberation. I am your host, Jacqueline Friedman, and welcome to another Spare Parts episode of Unscrewed, where we bring you a little of this, a little of that, and get you in and out in 15 minutes or less. On today's show, we're going to be talking about the downsides of what I like to call it just happens sex, as well as answering a listener's query about whether or not a man can say, you're the tits. But first, I want to say a brief word about porn. Between last week's episode, Naked Politics, in which I talked to the amazing Soraya Shamali about, among other things, the non-consensual use of female politicians' images in porn used as a way to degrade and dehumanize them or the men that they are attached to, as well as what is currently, as I record this, my upcoming appearance, but will, by the time you hear this, be my recent appearance on feminist porn producer Tristan Taramino's show Sex Out Loud, which you should check out by the way. I have been hearing it from some quarters about saying that there could be anything good about porn and how that sells women up the river. I have something briefly to say about this. and I feel like probably this will lead eventually to us doing a show talking about feminist porn and the pornography industry in general. So we'll get into it in greater depth at some point, I promise. But it never fails to astonish me, though it really should because it happens every time, how brittle and illogical the conversation gets when it turns to pornography. The idea that just because some porn is misogynist, some porn is bad for women, which you don't have any disagreement for me about that, means that all of it should be banned or all of it should be tarred with the same brush. It's truly illogical, right? Like some TV shows are bad for women, right? Some novels are bad for women. Some video games are bad for women. We don't throw out an entire genre of expression. We don't say that anything that explicitly shows two people having sex is therefore terrible. We can talk about industry conditions and labor conditions. There are a lot of really valid conversations to have about porn, but it will never be a valid argument to say, all porn is bad. It's truly a profoundly silly argument. And I, I want to implore people to think in a more nuanced way about porn. I was talking about this with some folks on Facebook and a Facebook friend of mine said, you know, when I say the other thing, which is actually we need to talk about labor conditions in porn and the gender pay gap in porn, I get criticized as anti-sex. That's just as illogical, right? Like we need to be able to have nuanced, critical conversations about all media and porn is just a form of media. 
Anyway, we'll get back to that in greater depth someday, but I couldn't hold my tongue about it. If you think porn is uniformly bad and the devil, do some reading. (laughs) I recommend the Feminist Porn Book. I recommend checking out the past winners of the Feminist Porn Awards. No, feminist porn isn't the majority of the industry, but that doesn't mean it's invalid and doesn't exist. All right, on to the next thing. I had the pleasure last week of appearing on Jessica Valenti's new podcast, What Would a Feminist Do? And we talked about a bunch of stuff from what would it take to make sex education better in our public schools? How do we respond to the backlash against the increasing popularity of affirmative consent? We talked about how to talk to young people about sex. But this particular clip is about what I like to call it just happened sex. Take a listen. I've always found it really strange that when we talk about premarital sex, it's, you know, especially among younger people, it's sort of lumped in with like smoking and drinking and drug use and premarital sex as if it's like a, a vice or a, you know, of, of course, you know, sex can be a health risk, but like that in itself, sex is a risk. And the fact that we're only talking about it as this negative thing. It refuses to divorce two things that are not the same, which is sex and the health risks that sometimes come along with sex, which are largely preventable, right? If you have sex education, if you have access to birth control and disease prevention, and if you destigmatize the conversation around accessing that stuff. I remember talking to to some young folks and and reading about young folks and how for those who went through abstinence-only education, um, for those who felt that stigma of birth control really strongly, they were the ones who were more likely to have unprotected sex. And one of the the sort of reasons they cited was that they felt like if they carried around a condom, that was proof that they were like planning to have sex. And that was somehow bad. So having unprotected sex was sort of like, oh, oops, this just happened. It wasn't my fault. I wasn't bad. I didn't plan this out ahead of time. Almost as if sort of like falling into it was a a preferable option. And falling into it is like the worst kind of sex you can have most of the time, right? Because... I, I like to call that kind of sex, it just happened sex, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, we were at a party and I, you know, it just kind of happened. It just happened sex where you're not taking, you're not sort of fully acknowledging that it's happening right. um, means you're not paying attention to your own boundaries. You're not speaking up for yourself. You're also not paying attention to your partner, partner's needs and boundaries and speaking up for them. Um, it's really... First of all, at the, at the best case scenario, going to be really crappy sex, right? And one of my mottos is life is too short for shitty sex. <laughs> we should all be focusing so much less on quantity and mm-hmm. so much more on quality. Like, am I getting out of this sex what I want out of it? Is this a positive right. experience for me? Um, and you can't engage in any of those conversations if you're too stigmatized to acknowledge that you even want to have sex in the first place. Can you talk more about like the the idea that the quantity of sex you have is this really valuable thing? And I, because I think especially for for younger men, that's the model that they're that they're taught when it comes to sexuality that that sex is something that you get and acquire, and the more you acquire, you know, the better off you are. That model makes a lot of guys miserable, too. They just don't Mm -hmm. identify where their misery is coming from correctly a lot of the time, right? 
you know, the commodity model says girls give it up and guys get some. I find that it's a box for everyone. Women have less power in it because we're the consumable in it. Our bodies mm-hmm. are the commodity. But men, too, like it assumes that they don't want relationships, like they don't want cuddling or mutuality or it doesn't really even focus on their pleasure, really. I gave an orientation talk a couple of years ago where I got the one of my favorite emails I've ever had after a talk from this young man who wrote me and said, I was super nervous coming to college because I'm really sexually inexperienced. I've maybe kind of kissed someone once, but but not even that much. Um, And I was really afraid of how that was going to play out here. And your talk made me realize that like, I can just say that to whoever I want to be kissing or being sexual with and that I can tell them that I'm nervous and I can tell them that I'm not sure what I want and that if they're not nice to me about it, then I've learned something about them and not about me. So absolutely young men worry about this. They just they don't feel like they can speak about it in public. So that's just a little clip of me talking to Jessica Valenti for her new show, What Would a Feminist Do? You should definitely go check out that episode as well as all the other great episodes. Also on that episode, which was about sex as a human right, you'll hear from the amazing activist and advocate Amy Thorne Thompson, as well as a really cool high school student who's worked to get sex ed improved in her high school. So definitely check that out. And also don't forget to check out my appearance on Tristan Taramino's show, Sex Out Loud. Both of them, if you could look them up in iTunes, you will find them. All right, we have time for one more thing. And so I want to bring you an advice question that last week's guest, the writer and media critic Soraya Shamali, and I helped answer from a listener named Chaim. He wanted to know if it was okay for him as a man to use You're the Tits, which was another listener's addition to our ongoing collection of lady positive or gender neutral dirty slang. So here's that question. I love playing with language, so your cunning linguist episode was especially wonderful for me. I want slang that celebrates what it's like to be a woman. I want slang that celebrates what a marvelous part of my life women are. I want happier, kinder, and more loving slang. I do wonder if the tits is in-group only slang, or is it sometimes appropriate for me, a heterosexual man, to use? Thanks for considering my question, and thanks again for sharing your show with me. Chaim, thank you for asking, and thank you for continuing my passion project, which is talking about dirty slang. So, Soraya... Can a man say something is the tits? I got to say, I would have to go with in-group slang. Yeah. I really do. I think the problem is it's too easy for that to be flipped back against women, despite the intent of the person saying it. And I think that a guy saying it kind of erases a whole lot of what's ultimately power. So no, I'd have to say, I'd probably say no. I'm going to add a little nuance to that, which is... Please. If you are a guy, heterosexual man, as you are, Chaim, and you're conversing with women you know who know you and you think trust your gender politics, maybe. If one of my guy friends, knowing, for example, my love of dirty slang, especially lady positive dirty slang, tried to give me a compliment and was like, you're the tits. I would love them, right? But that's because I already know where their politics are around sex and my body. And they know you. And they know me. So I think that there are probably 
very specifically defined contexts in which you could say you're the tits, which are sort of if you're already part of a particular in-group. So I don't think it's like a hard line like, well, like the N-word or even like cunt. I might call Soraya a cunt jokingly and she will understand that like it's funny. I think that probably Soraya, you wouldn't take offense if I said it in the right context. Right. But I don't think even my guy friends, like, I think I would still wince. Would you still wince? Yeah, I would wince. And I mean, the thing about it that strikes me, like, as you know, very often I kind of keep going backwards because I think, okay, at what age does something become acceptable? At what age do we stop thinking of a girl as a girl and as a woman? And then all bets are off for her viability, right? Like, what are those ages? And when I hear that question, I think, okay, well, here's a guy. He's going to use an expression like that. And so what happens when the 14-year-old boy hears him do that and then starts doing it in school? And I think, okay, well, I don't want some 14-year-old kid saying that in school. I don't want him saying it to girls I know who are not really being given the language to say, hey, hold on a second, let's talk about that. Or what does that mean? Because he doesn't know what it means. He's just heard some older guy say it. And so I think that your point about context is right. But that audience is really important. The audience is really important. Who's even overhearing it and what did they understand of the context? So, Chaim, I think maybe we're agreeing that your instincts are pretty correct, which is that it's in-group slang. But if you are in really delimited contexts, like one-on-one with a woman you know well and you guys understand each other, you could try it. Right. But there's plenty of other stuff that you could say. I think that I would love to hear men saying admiringly of women, that takes a uterus. (laughs) Yes. I think that is not in-group slang. I think plenty of it is not gender specific. But I, I think the thing about you're the tits is like men do positively admire tits, but often it's in a consuming way. And so it's hard for it to not have that men ogling thing to it. Right. I mean, when I think of that, I'm like, what, is this Hooters? Are we in Hooters? Like, what is that? What is that? Yeah. But very perceptive, Kayam, to notice the difference. So, like, kudos to you for thinking about it. Yeah. You, in fact, Kayam, are the tits. (laughs) (laughs) I fully support women saying it to men. You heard it here first, men. Please go out and tell the women you admire for their bravery that they've got uterus. And if you have a sex or sexuality-related advice question of any kind that you'd like to have answered by myself and a future guest, just send it to me at unscrewed at JacquelineFriedman.com. You can also voice record it on your phone and send me the file and we could use your voice on the show. That would be cool. Uh, You could also tweet it to me at at JacquelineF using the hashtag unscrewed or join in the conversation about this and all of our other episodes using that same hashtag unscrewed on Twitter. Uh, Always love to chat with listeners. You can find this show wherever fine podcasts are purveyed. You can find it on Acast, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you like to listen to shows. And if you like this show, if you want other people to find the show, please take a minute and give us some stars and a rating on iTunes. That will really help enormously. The show is produced in collaboration with the fantastic Katie Tandy, creative director of theestablishment.co and edited by yours truly. Our cover art is by Nicole Dodonna and the in and out music you're listening to right now is by The Pink Tiles. Until next week, I'm wishing you safe and happy sex lives.
hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 